From the crime-burdened planet of Narshada to the dusty streets of Mos Eisley, broadcasting you from somewhere deep in an underground bunker on Nalhada, this is Table Flip. Table Flip is hosted by Patrick. <laughs> Nick. And Matt. The Techno Union Army. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Super Bowl edition of Table Flip, episode 17, Dennis the Force Menace. That's right, (laughs) we have Dennis, the one and only world champion, from Star Wars Living Card Game on with us this week. Dennis, how are you today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Great. Excellent. Great to be here. Excellent. Now, I know that you are as excited about the Super Bowl as we are, but we have all taken times out of our drinking parties to come and record this show for you guys. Now, as watching this, the Seahawks are currently kicking the living crap out of Denver, which is hilarious. Uh, there's been like an interception and a bunch of other stuff, which is it's like doesn't happen in the Super Bowl. It's weird. But hey, Transformer commercial, that's that's pretty much what, what made it for me. And I am always joined in by the studio via Nick. How's it going, Nick? Hey, good evening, guys. Good evening. Now, unfortunately, Matt, since he is a super nerd, he is watching the football with, I believe, his family and a bunch of other drinking friends. So he is not joining with us, but that is okay. He is here in spirit, and we feel his love from across the galaxy. Let's start with some... How's our week been, Dennis? How has your week been? It's been pretty good. We had a I had you know normal work, but uh, yesterday Saturday we had our top eight uh, yeah. at our store, which was a lot of fun. It's always a lot of a lot of good times. Seven games in a row. Just, you know, you get done with it, you're like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I watched that, and man, those are some really really close games. And, yeah, they're uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get into that in a little bit later on the show. But um, uh, Nick, how has your week been, sir? Uh, my week's been good. It's uh, the weather's been clearing up here, and work's been a little bit more busy, but that's always a good thing. Yes, so that keeps is me a good thing. keeps me focused. That's good. That's good. Excellent. Excellent, gentlemen. It is now time for some interesting questions by not only the host, and uh, we do have a lot of questions from the viewers that have been pulled from Twitter, Facebook, the uh, FFG forums, as well as the card game database forums. So, without further ado, we're going to jump right in, and. Dennis, since you did win a special event, not really sure what it was. I think it was Worlds. Yeah, I don't remember uh, either. Okay, yeah, it was Worlds. <laughs> um, my first question for you, because this hasn't been asked of you thousands of times, what decks did you use at Worlds? Um, the two decks I ran was a, a Sith Control deck and a Sleuth Speed deck. Uh, Sith Control ran two Fall of the Jedis, two Council of Sith, two Imperial Command, Two executor arrives, one emperor's web, and one ghost of the dark side. Okay. Um, and then on the sleuth speed, what, that's what I call it. I mean, any, I'm not sure other names for it. Uh, two defensive Yavin fours, two prepare for evacuations, two raise the stakes, two across the Anuit sectors, and uh, two renegade squadron mobilizations. Now, my follow-up question to that is, why did you run Ghost of the Dark Side? Because that that objective set is 
is interesting. It's still one of my favorite dark shot objectives just because of the cards it has in it. I really like the artwork artwork and just some of the how the, how it things how it works. But the two units cost three, which is really kind of hurting you because of the whole sleuth meta thing. Mm-hmm. And then we have the dark memories, which only works on characters if I'm if I remember correctly. Right. Um, and Correct. Then, and then there's two in there, so that's four cards that really aren't useful. I assume you're just kind of using it for the objective set yourself and the uh, force shockwave. There's a few different reasons, actually. Um, the force shockwave, of course, is is, is gravy, but um, the, both the objective itself and the uh, uh, the two force race are going to guarantee you keeping the force pretty much for the entire game. Um, if they come out, whatever you you don't have to worry about anybody else being committed, and you can commit those four shock or uh, force race, and then use them for offensive. Because let's face it, when you're going to tiebreakers, you, both people win in the dark right. side. It goes to you know who got more de- uh, objectives. So you want as much objective damage you can get, and both those force race have one one blast icon each. So you can keep throwing them out there and doing what you can with them, and they still are counting towards your force to keep you control of it. So they're not they're not as wasted. I mean, they're not blockers. You don't ever plan for them for blockers. Mm-hmm. There's enough other two-cost blockers in the deck for that, but they're great to go ahead and keep, keep the pressure on to keep as much damage out there and make sure that you keep the force. Now, the two dark memories, those are very, very situational. They, right. you know, what what the only time they're really good is if you're running into you know a super friends deck or mm-hmm. something else where they're going to put a bunch of characters out there and heck they get like I ran into the top sixteen they get a guy out there that's got one health you know they were throwing out the the one health um uh, Jedi dude and you just toss them on there and like yeah now you strike you die before you can do anything it just locks yeah. those dudes out so but otherwise they're they just go into the edge stack okay okay cool excellent uh, now the the sleuth deck is definitely something that. A lot of people have been running for a while. I mean, yep. uh, Matt Coles was, I think, the first one to really kind of show its strength. Obviously, he wasn't That's the what one I heard, that, yeah. you know, obviously he wasn't the one that came up with it. I mean, it's it's been said that, but, you know, the card pool's so small. Everyone, right. my brother, pretty much was like, oh, this goes well, this goes well, this goes well. Right. What was your reasoning uh, for actually running the deck over, say, Super Friends, which is, I feel, probably a little bit more consistent than 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 the uh, the sleuth deck. Well, first of all, something that the, that other people have found out is I don't net deck. I don't typically go online and read a lot of the stuff and, and keep up with that. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just old and set in my ways. <laughs> so I didn't even I didn't even know about anything that happened at nationals um, until uh, except from what the guys told me that came back from the team covenant guys because I didn't make it to nationals. So I didn't know about that. I kind of built that like a lot of people. I built that sleuth deck on my own. I said, oh, I like this and this and this. Um, and I had it a little different in my original design for it. I actually had two defensive avian force and two mobilized squadrons and slowly pulled those out um, to find out what I liked because I went through the process of what, what I found worked, just like the two renegade squadron mobilizations. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that. Um, and the uh, prayer for evac, I'm like, okay, well, I need protectors because I'm watching my sleuths die too quickly and other guys die too quickly. So I really came to the to that on my own, not looking at what other people had ran there. Um, the why I went with that over say Super Friends is I've had problems with consistency with Super Friends. I just always have. Um, you know, two games it runs great. One game you just can't get it started well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet the Sleuth deck that I've got there, even when I don't get a defensive Yavin four out, it still runs pretty consistent no matter what you Correct. get. Very seldom do I not, and that's what my real focus is: is consistency. I want something I know, game to game to game to game to game, that I know exactly what I'm what I'm looking for and what I'm going to get. 
That sounds awesome. Um, I have a sort of follow-up and connected sure. question. So it, it seems like you put a lot of effort into designing the deck and, and you don't do a lot of online research, which I think a lot of players do. Um, right. Were there any decks or pods you were considering running? Like what decks did you almost run? Uh, that, that's actually good. Now for the dark side, pretty much nothing else. Um, I had been <laughs> playing I had been playing around with some other stuff and I never felt anything worked very well. Um, well enough, consistent enough to, to, that I liked, except for Sith Control. I kept different versions of it. Um, but uh, for the light side, they were, I, I went round and round about that. Um, I looked at uh, uh, running a kind of a Super Friends, but of course I wasn't running the Falcon like everybody else was, and then dropping him in. I was just running um, Luke and Han and Chewie and, and a few other things like that. Um, I think in that one that I played with, I even ran the uh, the... Uh, red five pod in there too, you know, just trying different things out. Um, but uh, for the light side, I really, really, the only other deck that I was really serious about running was a solid uh, rebel deck. I really debated about those two forever because I was doing very, very well with that. That's what I won the regionals with was mm -hmm. a solid uh, rebel deck because um, it's just so it's just so fast and strong, similar to the Sluice, um, and you can just flood the board every turn with just lots of stuff and just overpower them. Yeah, definitely. I have to agree. I've I've played your decks at least, you know, after you've played them at Worlds, and right. it, you play completely opposite the way I do. I like to save up and sort of dole things out slowly. And Patrick always tells me he's like, you know, I've seen Dennis play this. Like, you got to put stuff on the board every turn. Every turn, you got to just blow out everything. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how he does it. Like, I, I just get blown away. So compliments right. to you, sir. Yeah, uh, that's you know uh, the when you're going to run into Sith control and and um, uh, uh, capture decks, they they are all slower decks. It takes them till turn four to really get going, you know. So your real advantage is putting that pressure on, getting right off the bat, getting as much as you can, and putting that pressure on, so that they're in the they're you're in the driver's seat. Otherwise, the neither, in my opinion, neither the rebel uh, mono rebel nor the Sith or the sleuth deck has the staying power to go five six rounds. It's just they 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 fizzle out. Right. Right. You know, that's also a really good point is, is a lot of the mono decks on the light side just don't have that sustained power. Um, right. Where like a, a Sith, a mono Sith deck actually does. Um, I know that we have seen a couple mono Sith decks do pretty well in Worlds. Um, I know Scotty got top eight, I think it was, possibly mm -hmm. top four. I don't remember what his position was. But he was running a mono Sith deck, and we, t we talked about it on episode 15, and I've used it a couple times, and it's it's really good. Yeah. Um, so as far as you being a part of the team covenant meta, so to speak, um, do you feel that that actually helped you prepare for worlds? And if so, why was that? De most definitely. Um, I think the, the reason is I've got some great competitors to, to not just play against and, you know, win or lose against, but also to help me to, to learn better ways of playing and how do we can, we work on, you know, how to modify each other's decks better. We talk a lot about well, what works and what doesn't work. Um, and, you know, I've got some great, great players there for Star Wars, like, you know, Zach and Tim Bunn. Mm -hmm. Uh, we had Grant Huddleston. Um, you know, he was run up at Nationals, did well at Worlds. Um, he uh, he moved recently to Texas, so he doesn't come up as often. But we also got Joe, Jeremy, and Matt, which are all great players down there. Um, so, I mean, we just have a good pool of players to constantly play. And they're not just about, hey, I'm going to play, and I'm keeping this to myself. And, you know, they, we're, we're very open and, and talking about it so we can better each other. 
Now, um, as far as the the way that things are set up at Team Covenant, like they stream a lot and mm-hmm. uh, they're very just. You guys always sound like you're having a really good time. Yeah. Do you think that that is um, a very big kind of plus to the way that you look at the game and. Because uh, I know certain metas like get really, really into it almost too seriously, and you know, uh, you know, drama happens, that kind of things. Do you guys think that your casual attitude towards the game and just having a a good time uh, really kind of benefits um, you guys as a group? Yeah, um, the the most important thing is you know we've got a lot of mature players there, and you know if you lose, you lose. There's no reason to ever get mad about it. Um, sometimes you're mad at yourself, but you know uh, the the thing is is that we're all we're, we all understand that no one's out there to just beat the crud out of you, and you know I'm just here to take your toys and go home. Um, we're there to play and have a good time, and you know enjoy what we enjoy doing. And in so doing, we can take the best stuff and teach each other and work with each other to be better all the time. That's awesome. Uh, so one of the things you mentioned earlier is you, you were kind of torn between like a full Rebel deck and, and the Sleuth deck that you ran at Worlds. Right. Uh, the one thing, and I guess maybe part of the show and one of the components that we always talk about is Jedi and, and those mono decks. Uh, what What is one thing you think that the Jedi are missing that probably would bring them into favor with somebody like you? Good, consistent card draw. Um, the Jedi, the Jedi decks really have all the tools built right. Um, they've got control, they've got offense, they've got the resources. But the biggest problem is, you know, uh, is getting to those cards. Um, there's more in some of the other de- in some of the other decks like Imperial Set. You've got more resources. They're spread out more, with more pods. Um, whereas Jedi got lots of resources, but they're they're limited to a certain number of pods. Um, and, you know, with Sith, you've got control and spread out through all the pods, whereas Jedi, they're in just a few of those pods. So if Jedi had the card draw, you know, where you're running through your deck a little better, then you're getting to those cards and they would have it, they would have exactly what they need, I think, to, to be consistent. So you, you would say something like a, an equivalent to like Fall of the Jedi or would you say exactly. something? Exactly. Yep. Something, something, something Fall of the Jedi or um, Council of the Sith, something that gives them a little more card draw to get through that deck a little faster. So they're getting two or three extra cards a turn on a good time and on a bad they're getting one to two extra cards a turn so that that way they can uh, uh, get through that and get to the things they need to make it work. Yeah, it's like for every Jedi you lose, you draw two cards or something like that. <laughs> well, something, <laughs> something yeah. ridiculous, like you know? Yeah, it's exactly. like you, you kill Luke, and then, you know, you draw, like, two or three cards, and then, you know, oh, you have the card, Return of the Jedi. It's like, Luke comes back, and I have three cards. <laughs> exactly. That, something like that would be insane. But, yes, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it really is a issue with the light side in general is card draw. I mean, Sith have so many ways to draw cards. Right. It's just ridiculous. So many cheap ways to draw cards. Let me let me, let me me correct myself. Right. And, and right now, light side has... I think maybe one or two ways to draw cards, if that. Yeah, um, very limited. They have the Renegade Squadron objective set, which whenever someone, an enemy player leaves play, draw a card. Whenever you win an edge battle, draw a card from the Falcons objective set. And I think that's it. Now there's also um, there's the Rebel. Um, oh yeah, Mon- yeah. The, the pod lets yeah, you draw on their turn. Yep. Right. Yeah, no one uses that. I, I don't even. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's. Ah. <sighs> it's, you know, I, I I've been trying to incorporate that objective set into my decks, and you're just like, I don't like any of these cards. They don't mash well yet. I mean, the mission briefing is good. Like it has some really really solid cards in it, but they don't 
they don't combo well with really anything else. At least it's not in a, a competitive sense, so, so to speak. Um, so the next question that I have for you is, uh, what decks are you currently running, and is there anything that um, you're shocked by uh, as far as card combination goes with the uh, New Balance of the Force uh, single single drops? Um, the new decks I'm running right now for competitive play, um, I'm running modified versions of the ones I took to Worlds. Now they've they've changed again, of course, um, but they're they're that like you know I uh, I put, took the Ghost of the Dark Side out of my Sith deck um, and uh, I added something else. Uh, I don't remember what it is now. Now that I think about it, um, and the light side, I took out one of the. Uh, Renegade mobilized squadrons and added in new um, uh, blue squadron pod. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how how has that actually benefited you, as far as now? Because I did the same thing, and I've also tried putting in Dash Rendar as well, mm-hmm. um, because of the the one HP guys that you have to declare two defenders if if he goes in by himself, and that seems to work if my opponent doesn't have a force choke. So I was like, eh, we'll just we'll just keep B wings in now. Go ahead. Yeah, the B wings—they're they're just so strong. They're so much better than the Y wings. I mean, for the same cost, you got, you know, two health, and they're so much better. I mean, the, um, the, just the just the B wings alone. Those three B wings make it worth it. You know, the main B wing is just—that's just amazing. It's like, oh, I'll just add another damage to that one. It's like you know, a cheap version of the of, of home one. Right. Um, and so it gives you a little bit more there. Um. And it's not expensive, you know. I mean, that's that's the big thing. It's three costs of five. But mm-hmm. the, uh, and of of course, I I still love the um, the edge card there. The uh, that that lets you play another one from your hand because that lets you get the choice. You play, you drop it out there, you flip it, you see what they flipped. If you want to win that edge battle, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. You're like, okay, fine, you got it. Excellent. Just gives Excellent. you a huge chance on that. Very cool. Very cool. And then uh, that that's what I'm running for competitive play. For non-competitive play, like our, our well, what I let me phrase that. Like for the top eight, I ran those. But for like our normal weekly tournaments and things like that, I've been running two new decks. I've ran through like five or six different ones. But uh, I've got one that's a modified Super Friends. It runs two Heroes Journeys, two Asteroid Sanctuaries, two Questionable Contacts, two Life Debts, which everybody's used to. Mm-hmm. But it also runs one to Arms, which is the Weapon Pod, right? And one a Mission from Beyond, a Message from Beyond, which is the uh, Jedi. Um, uh, Old Ben Spirit Pod. Correct. Correct. Right. The best Jedi pod there ever is or was. Hello. Yes. Well, it's a, it's a great pod, except it's got no characters in it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it, no it's 100% control. support, yeah. Exactly. So you can't, I mean, I, I always have a hard time putting two in a deck. Not, I love to get the old spirits, but then you can choke your hand with just a bunch of junk you can't yeah. play. So, and then on the dark side, I'm running my Imperial Stomp deck. Um, it runs, it's mono Imperial. It runs two quad reinforcements, two deploy the fleets, two unstoppable advance, one Imperial Blockade, one Repair and Refurbish, one Death and Despair, and one Imperial Command. And what it does is it just drops out big destroyers and big um, and the walkers and runs over the opponent faster than they can uh, uh, compensate. Basically, it does what the what the um, sleuth deck does for the for the light side. Now, I'm actually curious. Can, can it outrace a sleuth? Uh, I have. Okay. I have. Now, yeah. is, is that consistent or is that just kind of, hey, you get lucky? It's 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 pretty consistent. Um, hmm. The biggest problem is you you play against a sleuth deck all the time. You know if you play against a sleuth right you know every time, it's gonna win 
50 or 40 percent of the time not as often against okay. that but against anything else <laughs> they just they're just overwhelmed real quick they're like what 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 just happened how did you blow up you know yeah. five objectives and already it's it's really consistent on that um against the sleuths unfortunately if you, there are a few low you know cheap guys to defend with but if you don't get them out quickly and you just get your big guys they just they, they run over you like normal sweet uh so here's a question i have and and this is i guess more personal to me because I don't have a lot of people to play with in person, and I certainly haven't been to tournaments in the regularity with uh, with which you have. Right. Uh, so, give us some insight into your your preparation or your your event uh, sort of style or what you do. You know, twenty four hours out, twelve hours out, the day of, etc. Well, the day of and such, usually nothing, because you can you know you can you can psych yourself out or try to run a bunch of draws and such, and and it, it doesn't give you any. It doesn't give me anything except ulcers. Um, but what I do for preparing ahead of time, like a, a day out, two days out, a week out, is I just play the crap out of the deck. Um, just play it as much as you can against as many different decks as you can. Um, just so that not not just so that you um, understand your deck, but also so you're not missing your your triggers, which I'm the king of uh, missing triggers. Um, <laughs> And so that uh, you know what to expect in different situations and how your deck can respond to those situations. Because if you go in and go, well, this is a great deck and I love how it works, but you've only played against two or three deck types, how are you going to know what it's gonna, how mm -hmm. it's going to face against the other deck types? No, the, yeah, I mean, it's – I actually felt uh, prelude to that when I first started playing the game. Um, this was way, way back when, like come, f I think, January or February when it was just okay. the uh, – like. The um the smugglers decks that that was just the standard Han Chewie Luke I think it was Yoda Guardians and okay so the the first yeah. the first um deluxe was out already okay yeah so um no 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 it was it was just the it was just the core set and like yeah it was just the core set and oh so no Chewie okay yeah no Chewie no no anything like this this was this was January of um of last year I, I'm sorry yeah last year not this year um. So I was like, oh, this looks like a great deck. And so I, I took it to my local tournament. I did really well, and I was like, oh, great. And then this one guy was running a tricolor weird deck that should never have actually beaten me if I actually paid attention and knew how the deck worked. Right. But, um, yeah, he, he, he beat me because I, I didn't know some of the triggers for some of the cards. And uh -huh. I completely missed it, and I lost and got second place and was really upset at myself. And I was like, dang it. And then, you know, after like a couple of weeks, I was like, oh, I get how this works now. So I, right. I, I can definitely attest to, you know, play the crap out of the decks that you want to actually take to a, a major tournament or even just a local tournament. Right. Because, you know, that one missing Council of the Sith once or something could, you know, pretty much make you – Cost the game, yeah, right? Yeah, cost you the game, yeah. Um, so this actually kind of preludes into another good question. Um, how do you go about testing and what do you actually look for when you're trying to build new decks? Okay. How, how I prepare for testing is just like I said, I, I play my deck a ridiculous amount of time until I am sick of it um, because uh, I don't want to just know how to perform against everything in theory. I want to know how it's going to actually really perform because, you know, you can say, well, uh, statistics says I should only get four deals, 2% of the, you know, these four objectives, 2% of the time ever. But, you know, in, in play, sometimes it happens more often than that. Um, so I just want to see how it's actually going to happen. And for that, what do I look for is consistency in a deck. Um, you know, am I going to get 
a similar draw or the same things I need every time, mm -hmm. or is it going to be sporadic? Do I have too much of resources? Do I have too much of support? Do I have too much of something where I'm not getting the consistency I need to make sure that the deck works every time? Um, so that's that's really what I look for. So when I build a deck and I, I play around with it, I go, what do I got to do to make this a little more consistent? I play it, play it. Well, I'm having a problem here, so what do I need to do to change that to make it more consistent there? Awesome. So you don't rely on any kind of, you know, statistical, you're, you're not there with the Excel spreadsheet being like recording every single game or do you just like the, the pragmatic approach to testing out your decks? That's right. I don't, I don't do the numbers. I, I hear people do it all the time. And there are some people that are great with those numbers. Um, Joe, he's one of those and he knows that, you know, it's, it's this percentage and it's, you know, that, and I'm like, uh, okay, great. Uh, I didn't realize that. But to give an example of that in our top eight yesterday, I was, uh, um, during the finals match with me and, um, uh, Zach Bunn, uh, I went in as the light side and I blew up two of his Sith objectives. He was playing Imperial Sith. He was playing a control deck. I blew up two Sith objectives and he flipped a second Imperial objective and his um, reconnaissance mission. So he had three Imperial and one neutral and he had a handful of Sith cards and can go nowhere. But the chances of getting all of that when that was only three in the entire deck, three non non-sith is whatever two percent or whatever like joe was saying but i'm like but you know that's why i was only running two outside at worlds not three because i don't want that to ever happen and i don't want that chance to happen so yeah it just seems like you know we always talk about it here it's you know worst case scenario you're going to get that two percent chance you know it's right. always in, in competition so right uh, it stinks for him and so I'm not I'm not good with the with the numbers like that. I never have been, so I don't rely on them. I I kind of rely on what happens. Try it out, see how it works, you know, real life what what what's going to go. Would you say that also applies to sort of while you're sitting at the table? I mean, uh, one of my favorite examples is uh, Tiny Grimes always says this, you know, sometimes you're in that edge battle, you just got to look over at the opponent, you know, stare him in the eye and go, and are you twisting, them. bro? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yes, I do that a lot. I know generally, you know, I've got a pretty good knowledge of this, of the, of the uh, objective pod, of the objective sets out there. Not 100%. Sometimes I miss things um, and I don't remember all of it. So I can't say, well, I know they've got, five of this and four of this in their deck. So it might be, no, I go, well, I know they have, I'll look at their, their discard pile. I know they at least have two more of twists. I know that there's two more twists. So they could twist now. And then it's really comes down to, you know, Texas Hold'em. You're, you're reading your opponent. Um, are they twisting? Are they not? Can you go ahead and bluff them out? You know, it really comes down, down to that at that point. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I try to do that more often. I, I can't do it based on statistics. I, I love the more pragmatic approach like you follow, uh, reading people, playing, you know, sort of whatever's in my hand, I guess, rather than right. what might be in my hand. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't like the whole um, kind of. I guess just kind of basing it off chance, I'd rather just kind of take that whole consistent approach as well. I, I think that's why. Like normally, I'm I'm more of a of, of a Jedi player. I like the whole control thing, but mm -hmm. let's be honest here: they're not consistent. And if you don't draw like those those key cards, you're screwed. You right? Can't, you can't do anything. I mean, uh, me and Nick were playing a game a couple a couple of days ago, and Nick was just getting really frustrated because I was just like, "I'm gonna play this, 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 this," and he's like, "Well, I can't do anything as as a Jedi right now because Dark Side is just so consistent and so good at what they do." I mean. Like they they can win edge battle for days, as, as Zach says. I mean, it's just it's yep. ri it's ridiculous. It's like, oh, okay, you twisted me, cool. I want to play Palpatine and pass, and then you're like, 
oh, well, let's put another twist. And then it's like, nope, it's Palpatine. It's just like, wow, you can just you can just get rid of Palpatine for just an edge battle that you don't really care about because they just have that consistent card draw. Exactly. So, I mean, I, that that's one of my personal pet peeves about the game right now is it's not it's not balanced in a way where the light side has a lot of different options like the dark side does. I mean, the dark side has a lot of good good deck options. Now, I mean, yes, yeah, Scum and Villainy really isn't quite there yet, but... Yeah, and it's sad that they put out the deluxe set and it yeah. didn't, still didn't get there. Um, it, it, it really, you know, hugely boosted Smugglers and Spies. We always we always say at the shop, all the yellow cards, all the good cards. Um, <laughs> That's a good so, quote. Um, you know, the 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 deluxe expansion did great for smugglers and spies, mm-hmm. and you were hoping it'd do great for for uh, uh, scum and villainy, but it yeah. just didn't. Uh, man, I was really hoping because I love I love me some Boba Fett. He's he's my he's my yeah. iPhone screensaver. I, I yeah, like I know. I just, wish there was a good Boba Fett. Oh man, maybe soon, maybe soon. You never know. So uh, the next questions that we're gonna go over are from the viewers and from. Uh, social media and whatnot. So uh, the um, I, I'm not going to give out the Facebook username because it's his real name. Don't want to do that over the internet. Okay. Um, Facebook user asks, um, has uh, has he had any contact about the card that he's supposed to help from the design from winning and any idea what that, uh, when that's actually going to be out? Um, unfortunately, no. Uh, the last the last I spoke with them on that, we were still in a, a holding thing. They've got a lot of legal hoops they have to jump through for that, unlike the other card games, because they're working with, you know, not just LucasArts. They're also working with Disney now and so forth. So it's you know, there's a lot of licensing issues. <laughs> there's a lot of licensing issues they have to go through right. to make sure that they can even let me make a card before we can even start the design process. Um, I have ideas in mind of what I want to do, but that that has to wait until uh, we get to they they can find out if I even get to make one. Uh, so you're telling me that my hopes of convincing you with a Jedi mind trick right now to make Bosch a card for us is is completely in play? Uh, possibly, possibly. <laughs> All right, you want a Bosch? Why would you want a Bosch and not a Slave Girl Leia? Oh no, because I don't care about Slave Girl Leia. I want Bosch <laughs> and I want a Thermal Detonator, and I already know the objective name. It's going to be called Fearless and Inventive, which is also a cool article on Card Game DB. Um, <laughs> I I already see it, and you do like this cool trick where you pull out the Thermal Detonator, and it, and it's kind of like a Lando ability. It's like sacrifice this card to force some kind of action. I already have it all worked out, so I'm waving my hand in front of the computer screen. You can't see it, viewers at home, well, <laughs> listeners, I guess, not viewers. But I'm trying to convince De- uh, Dennis right now to make this card for me so that my dreams can come true. Awesome. So so basically, Nick, you just need to win Worlds next year to actually do this. <laughs> hey, cue the Rocky montage. I'm like putting my cards down. I'm like, you know, playing them real hard on the table, like emphatically. You're throwing your cards at, at, at sides of beef. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I have the corset and I'm like, you know, pushing it up over my head, like to do multiple reps and things like that. Yeah, oh that's totally what I'm doing. Oh, all right. Uh, Nick, what is the next question? All right. So this question is off Card Game DB. This is from Yoda Man. Uh, describe the impact having had the chance to play regularly over a period of time against some other really good players from Team Covenant, Zach Bunn, who also finished in the top 16 uh, and who had a. You both, I guess, had a great performance at Worlds. Uh, how did that preparation specifically affect or not affect how you approached your matches at Worlds? Well, um, that that 
I think that really had the biggest impact on it. Um, you know, I've got great players, Tim Bunn, Zach Bunn. Um, you know, uh, like I mentioned before, we've got people like Joe. You, you, I don't remember all their last names. I'm, I don't always go with last names, but uh, there's Grant Huddleston. You know, he's a great player. He used to win consistently up there. He's got, you know, and he likes to play a lot of crazy decks too, like, you know, Imperial decks and other things. So I get to see a lot of the other, other stuff. It's not just, oh, it's always Sith Control I'm playing against. So I get to try against a lot of different different stuff to figure out what what I like and what works well against different things. Um, Joe, Jeremy, Matt, all those guys. Um so I think it I think it plays a huge part in there. And the fact that, you know, we have our, you know, our league nights on Friday where we can just go play whatever. But then once a week every Tuesday we get to go in and have a tournament every Tuesday consistently where we can we can practice in a competitive manner. Uh fairly friendly competitive but still a competitive manner and, right. and test out things. Now as far as testing goes, do you guys all uh, always play the same decks at first for a little bit and then try and try and d delve away from that? Or do you guys always bring in new, new decks to, to the uh, every Tuesday? A little bit of both. Um, one of the things that we have going, we do a, le we do a league for each of the LCGs. Um, and with our league there, you know, you can look at those documents online. Um, there are achievements you have in them, you know, win with a Jawa in play, win with an right. Ewok in play, capture Han Solo, things like that. So because not only do we want to win the tournaments, we'd like to do the objectives too because they're they're fun to complete those and not to mention that, you know, you get all those, you get extra points, you get right, the right. 10 points you turn there, another 15, so it gets you higher in the league. So it, it encourages us to try out new designs and new decks. It's a great way to keep us from stagnating and everybody playing the exact same decks every week. So you get to see a bunch of new things, a bunch of different people try out other stuff. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. I wouldn't say everybody plays the same thing. You know what certain people's go-to decks are. You know what they're gonna. You know that that if they're not gonna play these other decks, you know what they're gonna go play. Now, d uh, so knowing what other people play obviously is 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 kind of a a crucial crucial thing in a card game environment. How did you uh, approach that at Worlds by only knowing like one or two people? and what they were actually running. Did, did that impact your, I, I guess, nerves, so to speak? And um, how did you actually deal with that? Well, um, halfway through, I, it did impact when I saw some of the decks that I had never, I hadn't thought of. People weren't playing here. Um, not all of those made it into the top, but there were other, there were decks that I didn't expect to make it that far. Mm -hmm. And so I got a little antsy. I'm like, well, you know, what am I going to run into? How am I going to to deal with that? Because, you know, I haven't really played consistently against that to see, you right. know, how I'm going to perform. So it did a little bit, but in general, it's, you know, again, knowing your deck, knowing what your deck can and can't do, and, you know, reading the situation, seeing what's on the table, knowing what you can do at that point and how to, how to overcome that. Cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so this question comes from the card game DB user, Jack Cade. Uh, he wants to know if you could design a uh, pod or card, what would it be? Now you can just pick a card or an objective set and just kind of talk about that. Yeah, it, it comes back to the ones that I actually have a, that I want to do. Um, like I said before, the ones I would want to do, most of them have already been spoiled, so that's good. Um, <laughs> but the ones that have not been spoiled that, that I want to go to would be uh, first and foremost is Grand Admiral Thrawn. I, I would love to do yes. him. Um, he's my, you, you heard me say in the interview, my favorite blue guy, that would be Mr. Mm -hmm. Thrawn himself. Um, good the second, story, good story. Yeah, and I, that's that would be my first one. The second go-to would, would be a, a good Boba Fett um, because we all love Boba Fett, and that pod just sucks. 
Um, I just got to say it. It's, a, it's just well, not you, good. You know, I, I think Bubble Fett is just terrible. I think the rest of his cards are actually pretty good supporting cards. I mean, a pistol that costs nothing you can attach to a character that gives extra unit damage. Um, a, I mean, the event kind of sucks if you don't have, like, any different ty- type of uh, capture mechanics. As well as the objective set, and but, it's and it's subpar. I mean, it's not yeah, necessarily the best yeah. thing. But like I said, when, when I say the the pod sucks, there's nothing in there that jumps out and goes because of this. You got to run this pod. Ex- Everybody yeah, exactly. goes, it's just mm-hmm. not good enough. Um, and FET is like if FET would have been better. There, there's so much they could have done better. We were talking about that last night after after the top eight. We were just answering people's questions online and just talking about that. And we had some great ideas for some new ways to go with Boba yeah. Fett if we could do that. Just, you know, there's so many better things you could do. Um, I said, you know, one that has Boba Fett and then four of his gadgets in there that can go on anybody, you know, a jetpack, a flamethrower, a uh, a line caster, his mm-hmm. his blaster, and those being you know good solid things for anybody, but makes him retarded. So you know, oh well, I got four of them on him, and he's just godly. But you know, <laughs> all these other guys have you know, oh look, Vader just picked up a flamethrower. This is cool. Um, you know, there's other things you could do with that and make it a good pod that people would run in almost any deck be that way instead. And then uh, that being said, the third one I would make, which would be an entire pod, would be the Cantina band. You know, figuring Dan and his band. That'd just be great. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you've just <laughs> impressed me so much because we were talking about Boba Fett, I think maybe this episode or, or well, two episodes ago or the episode after that. And uh-huh. we said the same thing. It's like, why doesn't he have a ton of gadgets? That's the whole reason why people love Boba Fett because he's a missile launcher. He's a flamethrower. He has the line launcher. He has a jetpack. It's like, why? Who missed this? Like, why did you not do right, this? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's incredible, but I love where you're going with that. And, and, you know, I was thinking that the other day when we were getting ready for this interview, Cantina Band. He's going to say Cantina Band. Like, everybody wants the Cantina Band. <laughs> everybody does. Everyone's figuring Dan and his band. And I said, you know, the way they do that is each one would add something to all other of the band. So it's like, oh, well, this one, you know, each one of them has one icon, one or two health. I think two health because I don't want to be choked out. But, uh, you know, cost two and, the, and figuring Dan cost three and all of them have two, you know, have one icon. But each one of them adds an icon to all other band members. So once you get all, you know, all four or five of them in play, oh, look, we were saying, I think, four of them in play, and the last one, which you, the last card is a, is a search for a uh, band member. Um, and you go, oh, look, now I've got all four of them in play, and I've got two blast icons, two uh, character damage, and two uh, uh, tactics out there. They're all edge-enabled, but hey, who cares? Each guy's got it. That's just amazing. I want that. I want That'd that for Christmas right now. It'd be fun. I mean, it would be fun to play. Uh, that would be fun to play. So moving on to our next question, now that we've spoiled all of your potential <laughs> cards that are coming in the next four cycle, which we know is going to be uh, coming soon. Two years hopefully. from now? I mean, no. Yeah, sorry. well, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, this this question comes off of Card Game DB from the user uh, Demes. Uh, how much card counting are you doing uh, based on three objectives that flip the first deployment, meta knowledge, and experience? Do you usually construct your opponent's entire deck from memory or approach things? I know we kind of talked about this earlier. And how much does it play into your edge battles specifically? Well, it, again, like I said, I, I I try to figure out what they're playing when I look at it. I go, okay, well, this is what I this is what I can expect to see, and seeing what they play does help me know well, what else is in their deck still left. Um, I don't know that I necessarily mentally construct the entire deck and go, okay, well, I got two of this and four of this and two of this going up. I just go, okay, well, I know what I'm what I'm expecting. I'm expecting, you know, uh, two Darth Vaders, at least one Emperor, you know, whatever they're playing. You know, I'll go, okay, well, this is what I'm looking at. Um, and then as for the um, 
for the edge battles, again, it's like, okay, well, I know generally what they can throw, what can be in there. Now it really comes down to reading opponents because you never can tell what they've drawn unless you look at their hand. So you're like, well, what is he holding on to? Well, let's go ahead and, and just, just play the opponent instead of playing his deck. Now, the um, it, it's actually kind of funny that you said that you just kind of – you don't mentally construct the actual objective set. You just kind of go, okay, I know that's what I'm expecting. Because for me, when I'm when I'm playing against someone, especially like the objective sets that have the the twist of fates in them, I'm always mm -hmm. mentally going, okay, how many do they have? How many have they used? Can I see your discard pile? I'm constantly going through that, going, okay, I know this, 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 this kind of information. Do you think that that actually could hinder me as far as psyching myself out? And should I just kind of play instead of trying to mentally construct things? Possibly. I mean, you know, you've seen these, you, I don't know if you've watched any of this, like World World Series of Poker and things like that. Knowing what's in the deck is important, but really knowing what your opponent has is more important. Going, okay, well, he has a 30% chance of having this and this, but what does he really have? Let's see how he's playing. What is What are his tells? What is he, he doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what does he really have? That's, I think that's a, a bigger portion of it than than knowing how much he could have it. Cool. For very, for very fair points. I'm going to try not to do that anymore because I, I, <laughs> no, I, I definitely do that. I definitely go, okay, is this a twist? Because I know he has one more twist. I mean, it could be a twist. I bet it's a twist. Oh, it could not be a twist or maybe it is, you know, it's just, it's, it's something that I'm very, very guilty of. Like in a card game, it's weird. Anything else like chess or anything, I'm just like, okay, let me just do that. But I don't know. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a weird quirk of mine. It is. I understand. Um, uh, so he actually asked a, another question. Um, how much combat calcul calculus are you doing? Uh, do you work out every possible um, uh, iteration before making a possibly complex move? Um, like, you know, something with uh, Echo Caverns, or do you just kind of um, go with it? Well, I usually do calculate it out. I go, okay, well, if, if I do this and he wins this, he's most likely going to go here, here, and here because this will do this and this will do this. So this is what he's going to most likely do. So I try to, you know, pre-plan out knowing what he's going to do or what I would do to know what, what the uh, what the outcome is going to be uh, in a battle. Um, and I do plan for both sides in case something weird happens, like, you know, uh, you know, he had three twists in his hand. I didn't expect that. You know, but I can't say that I always, you know, see everything. Once in a while, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I didn't see that. Um, but generally, yeah, almost every combat, I sit there and I look at it and see exactly what could happen before it happens. Um, because knowing that, you'll if you don't know that, you're just going to lose over and over because you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. Why am I losing all these games? Fair point. Very fair point. So I guess uh, through luck of the eeny meeny miny mo, I get to ask one of the best questions of the whole interview, and this. <laughs> This comes from Iron Swimsuit. It's obvious Dennis can see what it takes to be a good Star Wars player, but can he see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Hmm. That one's always been a puzzle to me. My kids like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, though I find it tasty, um, I hate how it leaves a weird film on your milk. Yeah, that's totally that's, – that's exactly what I always think every time I eat it. It's just like – what? I mean, it's tasty, but then you're like, "What is? Why is my milk like got this sheen and it's <laughs> brownish and it kind of resists my spoon?" Yeah, it's it's kind of like there's like radioactive Hulk material in there. It's just like something. It, am I am I is, is it okay to eat this? Is it okay not? Yeah. All right. So the next question is uh, <laughs> uh, is being asked by um, OK Targ, I believe that's how you say the name. 
Um, he wants to know, ask him how his deck building for Star Wars differs from the way he approached his Game of Thrones. Then ask him why he uses uh, his Emperor playmat for all games. That has to be one of my local guys. Uh, probably <laughs> Oklahoma Targ is probably like uh, Zach Bunn or something. Um, how does Zach my Bun. How, ask him how deck building? Um, that's kind of funny. With Thrones, uh, I build a deck. Uh, I've been playing Thrones since about 2003. Um, and, uh, when I build decks with that, I usually start with around like, you know, you can have seven agendas in there and a minimum deck size is 60, but, uh, I usually start with about 11 agendas and 120 cards. Um, when I build a deck, I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do here. Here's all these cards. Oh crap. I got way too many. And then I got to go through and try to whittle it down to the essence. So it takes a while. I mean, deck building for, for Thrones is a very, very long process compared mm -hmm. to Star Wars. With Star Wars, I just say, okay, what do I want to do? Here are my objective sets. It's pretty easy to go, okay, well, this is what I want to put together, these 10 pots. So it's easy to start it and then just go, okay, well, what's the spread? What do I have? When I look at that, do I have enough um, resources? Do I have enough units? Do I have enough edge cards? You know, what, what Do I have a good spread here? What do I need to change to fix that? And then try it out. It's much easier to build Star Wars decks, I think, because of yes. the pod system than it is for, for, for Thrones where you go, well, you know, I got 10,000 great cards I want to play. <laughs> no, 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 that's magic. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's magic. Then why do I – what was the second part you said? Then why do I ask – why do I play the Emperor Playmat all the time? Yes. Um, world champion. Do I need to say any more? Yeah, I mean, like, why not? It looks <laughs> cool. And, yeah. Okay, so now I actually have to ask. Seriously, you. seriously. Uh, you've seen the mat, right? Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Why would I not play with that every single game if I could, as long as I, you know, people aren't allowed to scratch it? Or touch so so <laughs> my question is, ha have you ever pulled this on someone that, like, comes in new, it's like a new player, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've never played either before, and then you just kind of lay the plate. No. <laughs> lay no. on the table and be like, ah, he's like, hey, where'd you get that? Oh, I, I just I just won this thing. I'm a world champion. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about it, though. I, I'm brand new, just like you. <laughs> new players, I usually don't even pull the mat out for because I don't want to – I don't want to intimidate them like that. <laughs> I sit down and I just play with them, and they're like, "Well, how did you know that? How did you know?" Well, you know, I've been playing it for a long time. But kind I'm of usually, a big someone, deal. In, someone in the store usually goes, "Hey, he's world champion too." <laughs> uh, see, that's something I would do. That's just some um, just jerk move. I'd be like, "Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really new. I'm just gonna put this playmat down and just kind of brush it off." No, I do that. To, I do that to all the other guys. You know, okay. the 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 new guys. You want to get them involved to keep them playing. Course. All my other guys, I'm like, oh. You ready to play the world champ again? You ready to take your shot? You know, I'll take yeah. Or and they all know the rule. You know, when we both, everybody's got playmats, and when the playmats go down, the world champion playmat goes on top always. Okay. We have we have these tables that are kind of short. Yeah. Uh, with wise, so we have to overlap slightly. So yeah, mine always overlaps. Of course, of course, you got to you, you got to show the magnificent Emperor Palpatine in purple. Oh my gosh! I just you know what? No, I, you know what I imagine? I imagine Dennis like in the locker room of like the Team Covenant building, and he's there getting interviewed. And he's like uh, Clubber Lang from Rocky Three, and he's just like, <laughs> it's like they're like, "What are you expecting today in the match against uh, Zach Bunn?" He's like, "Pain." <laughs> well, you know, to be fair, Zach Bunn did take a game off the world champion. Yeah, he's, he's so. taken a few games off me in the past, and he got me when we did the top eight Saturday yesterday. Um, I actually lost to Joe. Um, lost one or two, lost the match to Joe. Um, I mean, I lost both games. I'm not sure which dropped me into the losers bracket as a double elimination. Yeah. So I didn't. Uh, I then then proceeded all the way, and I had to face uh, Zach in the end. But uh, 
Yeah, it came down to us, and and I theoretically had to beat him twice because I had to beat because he hadn't yeah. lost a game that day. So after I if I beat him twice, we had to play again. I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. But uh, yeah, he he pulled it out. It was it it was good. It was a fun game. It was a close but, yeah. game. But, yeah, yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun to watch. Definitely, the whole the whole experience was was really fun. Teamcovenant.com, people, go there. It's awesome. Uh, I know we have a couple more questions. So Nick, why don't you go, go ahead? ahead. Uh, so, I mean, we're kind of looping back around to things we've pretty much discussed already, but this question comes from uh, Vanadio. It says, being successful at Star Wars, what was that? <laughs> oh my gosh, she's like blowing his nose. Thanks. <laughs> I hope you edited that out of the show. <laughs> All okay, right. question again. Okay, so uh, just give it a couple seconds and I'll ask the question. Okay, so this question comes from Vanadio. He says, being successful at Star Wars, how much weight do you give to being good at edge battles, i.e. reading opponents, having the best strategy, and conducting them in respect to other skills or heuristics involved in its playing? Um, again, it's not so much being good at the edge battles, as no, and this this is my philosophy, is knowing when, oh, I guess you can go back to, um, to Kenny Rogers, knowing when to hold him and knowing when to fold him. Um, it's pretty much knowing which battles you want to win and which ones you know that you can't win. Um, so, you know, okay, well, I know I can read my opponent pretty well and I know what I've got in my hand. I know if I can most likely win the edge battle or not. So is it, is it worth this edge battle or not? Um, it's really knowing when to go and when not. Awesome. Cause I always overcommit in edge battles. Patrick will tell you that too. Yes, you do. <laughs> you really well, do. Oh, yeah. Well, and I always think that I have Obi-Wan on the table, and I never use his ability, and then you're like, oh, wait, I kind of have to turn that first card over. You kind of always reluctantly do that. <laughs> yeah, and, and usually yeah, it's okay. You'll learn. It, it's okay. All right, so uh, the next question comes from uh, Kennedy Hawk, and um, the, these next few questions are going to be from the FFG boards. Um, what is your favorite underused objective set? And is there an objective set that you always want to fit into that deck for a theme, but you can never justify squeezing it in? Uh, my favorite underused objective set would be Mission Briefing. I actually love that set. Yep. And I do. I have fitted into quite a few decks. I mean, you get, again, card draw. Um, it's just like, you know, Council. You get one at the beginning of their turn. Um, the Battlefield Engineer is amazing. A lot of people under underestimate that. It's so good. Um, a heat of battle in there. The A-Wing, which gives you more card draw. Again, that's more consistent card draw. And then that heavy and blaster emplacement is just so dumb. It's so good. It's like, oh, here, take another damage. Oh, here, take another damage. Yeah. Well, I mean, that combined with the Battlefield Engineer is just ridiculous. Right. And then the one of the decks I, I ran that in consistently, that again, was a very consistent deck, was a, a deck where I ran two Wookiee Life Debts, two uh, Han Pods, two of the Weapon Pods, Two of this uh, of this pod, and then I don't know what the last two were, but basically, it, you know, the tutors and the weapon pods let you. I never tutored for Hans Blaster, or Chewie's Blaster, unless I just happen to have two um, heavy blaster emplacements on play. But uh, I would just get the heavy blaster emplacements out and constantly have those, and people just—it's like they couldn't deal with that, you know, with your protectors with the with the life debt pod, and that they couldn't get through quick enough before you're just killing everything they're putting out. And so that's that's probably my most my most favorite underused objective set for most people. Um, as for a, a set that I always want to fit in but can never s seem to justify often enough, um, is trust me. Um, I love the set, but you know I I just don't I don't like to play 
mono smugglers and spies because right. there's so much else you're leaving out and you have to play mono smugglers and smugglers and spies really to play it i mean i guess you could go you know all all rebel you know pretty much rebel with just trust me but i just don't see that being very good um so that's the one i i find that i just can't ever seem to squeeze in and that being said the the one that hurts me deeply and hurts me in my soul is journey to dagobah because i can never use it with mobilized squadrons so i can never take red five on trench run yeah, Journey to Dagobah is one of those objective sets that I, I have tried to fit into every single light side deck I have made. And I'm just like, it doesn't work because I have to have a Jedi affiliation. I know, it's that's like, the problem. Like, out of all the sets to have a Jedi affiliation with, you'd think it would be like Luke, Yoda, or Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, some of those, like, really just kind of definitive Jedi sets, or even, like, Jedi training or something. Something just kind of goes with it. Um, but it's, it's, it's one of those kind of key Jedi pods that just, you're forced to run Jedi affiliation and it's really hard right. making a deck with it right now, which just sucks. Right. Exactly. Because I mean, it comes with double strike. It comes with a free resource that cannot be force choked, which is just ridiculous. Yes. Um, it comes with red five, which has three objective damage right off the bat. That's ridiculous. And it comes with another chud unit, which is also good. And, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's it's the objective set that's just really good. And when it dies, you get to pick what objective comes out. That's huge. Exactly. Yeah. But it's a Jedi affiliated only, and it's just like, but I want to run it in a Smugglers and Spies deck, and it doesn't. Exactly. Work. I want to run a Smuggler and Spies, or I want to run it in Rebel, and you can't. Yeah, like I've tried it in Rebel a few times with like speeders and whatnot, and speeders are inconsistent and just not good. They're they're fun, but right. they're just not good. Um, right. Smugglers and Spies, I've tried it a few different ways, like using uh, Red 5, Luke, and Guardians, and then uh, usually running like Yoda or something, and then two uh, um, Smugglers, like Han and Chewie or the Falcon or something, but like, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it doesn't feel right. Right. And, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, no card draw. That's another big problem. Yeah, Zach Bunn got uh, got disqualified from two tournaments. Oh no! For that, yeah, yeah, it's a funny funny story. Uh, he uh, it was some of our early. I think it was one of our first two tournaments that we had because he uh, he put he put red first. He did a uh, a um, rebel deck with that pot in it because he was doing a trench run and yep. he, they got halfway and they going, oh that's Jedi only crap. So then the next thing he's like, oh I'll, next turn he's like I'll fix it. So he made it Jedi only, but he didn't take out the mobilized squadrons. Whoops. So again he's like, oh wait. Nah, that's out. That was hilarious because, you know, you just – what? yeah, because you want to put them together. They seem yeah. like they should go hand in hand. They do. They, they really do, and I agree. A buddy of mine did that in our first tournament, and he's like, do I get disqualified? I'm like, dude, I don't care. We're, we're all learning, whatever, because he, he did it once, and then I did it once, and then someone else did it once. So we all learned, <laughs> we all learned that day. We're like, hey, you can't be running that. Oh, I can't be running this, and we're like – we're learning things today. Right, right. So that's okay. Uh, Nick, we have more questions. Yeah, this is from our last questioner, I guess. Uh, but he has a set of four questions. So we're just going to go through all of these, and I'll ask them one at a time. Uh, this is from Divinity of Number. Uh, the first question is, what is your favorite thing to do with Echo Caverns? My favorite thing to do... Um, my favorite thing to do is usually to steal uh, an icon from the opponent vehicle. They didn't even realize they put out the stupid little, you know, Tie Fighter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Toss it on my on my uh, uh, sleuth scout and hit it for enough. And they're like, oh, I didn't see enough damage. 
because I only have, you know, the one, the one sleuth turn one out there and they're like, oh, crud, you know, just to blow up their, their objective, things like that. that. That's my favorite thing to do with it is just take something that they didn't see, they didn't realize they, there, was, there was a combination out there on. Excellent. So here's his second question. Are you keeping that awesome one-of-a-kind play mat clean? Oh, yeah. I brush it. Uh, let me sit down. I'll, I'll sit down at the table. I'll lay it out there. I'll make sure all the stuff's on it before I start playing my cards on it. You know, it's it's funny. I'm the same way. Um, I, I have a play mat that says table flip on it. It has Chewy throwing the, the um, electronic card thing, whatever it's called. Right, the and I'm the same way. It's like the generic table, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. I, you know, you get, you get like the little brush and the little, little little vacuum cleaner, and just kind of start spraying it off and just kind of waxing it. And yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's so funny because you're like, it is. You're like, why am I doing this? It's just a play mat. But you're like, but it has to look really pretty. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is this is where we figured out that Patrick loves the play mat more than he loves his own son. <laughs> wow. Now let's not go that far. Let's not go that far. Oh, come on. If they said trade your son in for design your own uh, expansion pack, you'd do it. No, I would not, you weirdo. That's terrible. That's <laughs> oh, a terrible I'm just, thing to say. I'm just trolling. Bad no, manners, right. bad manners. Yeah, bad manners. Next question. All right, third question. In your post-finals interview with Team Covenant, you talked about the blue man. Uh, I assume this is General Thrawn uh, or Admiral Thrawn. Wow, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Wow, Tell no. us anything that you are able with respect to the champion card, please. Again, yeah, it's Grand Admiral Thrawn, and uh, yeah, uh, that that's what I was mentioning. And, and again, I don't have any further information on that. As soon as I know whether or not I'm going to be able to make it, I'll let people know. Most likely, that you know, I did talk to them a little bit there at Worlds, and I'll be entering an NDA once it's uh, right. Of course, once once that, I won't be able to tell you about the card, but so, I can say, hey, I can make my card and so forth. So, so before you are uh, before you are under NDA, what would you actually have him do? It, it, like, it, you know, if, uh, if actually, you're not comfortable with, with going over that, that's fine. <laughs> Everybody keeps asking me, and I've been keeping that a secret because okay, I'm like, fair enough. I got exactly in mind, and I, I talked to, uh, I did talk to one of the people up there, and they're like, well, that sounds pretty playable. I'm like, yeah, I think so, um, but I, I'm not going to go into it because I, I kind of keep that a secret. That'll be fun to see how it comes out. Awesome. Yeah, and sorry for the Grand Admiral part. No, it's okay. I'm having a hard time. <gasps> oh, I know. Don't worry. <laughs> it's it's called nerd rage. <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry. Yeah. I, I inspire a lot of it as of late. So, fourth and final question: From what has been spoiled of future cards, are there particular cards, themes, or mechanics that you will uh, that you think will significantly change the way the game is played? Hmm. I do think one. I do think uh, yeah. The the new mechanic of like being able to steal force cards, and whether or not you're you're committing your guys to the to the force or not because of the effects that can happen while they're committed and while they're not. I think it's really going to change the way people just will haphazardly commit people to the force. They're like, well, you know, I don't necessarily want to commit my the only one guy I've got left up there because he could probably just kill him with that card or capture him with that card or whatever. So I think those new mechanics are really going to throw uh, a big monkey wrench into the way that people uh, take the force and control the force um, because this new set just really, really focuses on that a lot. So I think that's really going to have a big impact on it. Yeah, I'm looking really forward to uh, Patrick's favorite card, Kyle Katarn. So I, yeah. I hope that's going to really I, change I it. am, oh my gosh, so excited. So excited. Uh, See, the big, the big thing I'm worried about is not so much all of that, but once um, 
once off subject once uh, uh disney decides on what's going to be canon and what's not i don't know if you heard there they're yeah. getting a, a together that's going to redecide what's canon and what's not and what they might throw out of the stuff like you know um the video, things that happened after episode six so much that might go out out the window that we love so much that there's some of the best stuff you know you know, we, we wouldn't mind if they made, you know, episode one not canon. That'd be great. But that, you uh, know, episode one, two, and three, please <laughs> just erase from history. That's fine. While they're at it, they can just, you know, make sure that Jar Jar Banks never existed. And exactly. they get rid just, of the Jedi Academy. I'm okay with that. But, you know, I think that the Timothy's on books are great. And I think that uh, some of the video game stuff had great storylines in it that's good, that should be kept, the, the ideas for it. You know, Calcatron, a lot of people love that character. So I think there's some things there that I hope that they don't get rid of that happened post episode six but uh but i know that their movies are going to be taking place after that so we'll have to wait and see what they drop out you know what i'm just i'm i just kind of completely off off subject since we've already right right i'm sorry no you're fine (laughs) it it happens all the time on the show usually it's me um so you know i don't feel bad now um you know it's it's something that i'm really worried about because we've seen so many different movies just completely go the way of the banana train i mean like off air we were just we were talking about the new batman versus superman movie and we're just like what are they doing? Like, let's just add random characters in there now. You know, hey, come on, Flash, you can come too. Why don't you just bring in Aquaman and you know, just random stuff? It's just so I'm, I'm really actually concerned what Disney's going to actually try and do with the, you know, it's not actually happened because there is so many great stories in the Star Wars universe that right. I mean, like the Use on Vong, the Fate of the Jedi series, the Legacy of the Force series. Um, and then the the new one that I just started, which I don't think has a name yet, but just was awesome. It's just I'm I'm really concerned because it's Disney and they all only carry about is money. So it's I'm I'm worried. I'm as a Star Wars fan, I'm like, please don't make me want to punch bricks. That would be not good because my hand will not like that. But that's okay. So uh, actually, kind of going on to a odd segue here. Um, since the force pack has been delayed, which a lot of people are kind of upset about. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, okay. So Baz rant here, just, just, just for a quick moment here. What the heck fantasy flight? I mean, seriously now, obviously we don't know any of the details as to what's why and you know, what happened and, and that kind of thing. But you know, this is a constant problem with fantasy flight games. They delay stuff. Um, they they push back things for really, without really giving any reason to. They they just kind of do it, and you know as far as uh, you know, it, I'm not mad that the 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 um the the new cards are pushed back. I'm more upset that it just hurts a lot of smaller metas like like mine, who it's like one or two people that are like really excited trying to get people involved, and people see that oh, there's no new cards out for the last four and a half months. Well, I don't really want to play this game because they're not investing anything into it. Um, it's just, it's so difficult to keep people like three or four people just really, really invested in trying to get new players in when there's no new cards and everyone's seen the same card pool for the last year. Like it's, right. it's really, really, I, I don't want to say, um, emotionally upsetting, but it's more just frustrating because you're like, I'm sick of playing the same top tier decks for the last four and a half months. I want something new. I really do want something new because me personally, not a sleuth player at all. I hate playing it, but I play it because it's consistent and it works. I want to play Jedi, damn it. <laughs> right. No, I, I agree totally. It's it's and it doesn't just kill the small metas, it, it kills the big metas. I mean, we've seen a, a drastic decrease in the number of people that show up to our 
to our weekly tournaments and such because there's been nothing new. I mean, you can you can say that the the multiplayer set was new, but let's face it, that added in like you know two or three pods that people actually play consistently. It's right. like you know, there's nothing really added in there, and it's a one of so it doesn't really change the meta really. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, nothing since what was it September? I think was the last thing that was released or October. Yeah. Um, it was right before Worlds. It's like okay, well. We'd like something new that, you know, keep more, and not just something new, but they need a larger card pool. They really do to keep yeah. enough people playing because those people coming to ours go, okay, well, these are all good players. They know all the cards in the card pool, and they've built all these decks, so they know their ways around them. Um, I'd really like some more choices that I can, exactly. you know, throw, throw, yeah. throw them a curveball occasionally. So these new players are like, well, this doesn't seem very fun to play these guys all the time. Well, so Yeah, I mean, it, it, not only that is... It, you know, just like you were saying, is the the newer card pool and constant new cards really? That's why Magic has been so popular for years, is because they just constantly push out cards. Now, most of them are all horribly balanced, and a lot of them have to get restricted very quickly because they're like, oh, I we didn't see that combination. Whoops. So, I mean, you know, like Netrunner um, and all their other LCGs that Fantasy Flight does is a constant pool of cards. I'm I'm really curious. Um, and also, I, I actually think this is probably a problem is because of the license has been changed to Disney. I think it's a lot harder for them to constantly put out more cards because Disney is so fickle with their with their licensing. Uh, that may be it, or it may just be that I mean I don't, I don't know because they already since they already had them figured out and printed or designed. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know what's delayed them, but it really really bugs the crud out of me. Um, because it's not so much that I want a new card, um, because I, I enjoy playing the game no matter what, and right. I'm constantly looking for new decks designed within within the card pool that's there. But I just want the the meta to be there. I want people to enjoy it. There'd be more players and and more people to play with. That, that, mm -hmm. And that's not going to happen with a with a limited card pool. It's not new stuff's not coming out. Agreed. Nick, thoughts. I have to agree. I mean, I'm sure it's probably just, you know, a printer problem or they redesign the art on something. I mean, we're total speculation, but right. I have to agree with Dennis. It, it's it's crushing. It's force choking the, the, you know, the scene. You know, people are like, why do I play this? Because it's the same decks. You know, you go onto Octagon or you're playing at your local store and it's like, okay, well, you're going to drop the Falcon. You're going to drop <laughs> in Luke. It's like, okay, we've seen this trick 50 times or we've seen you play Vader and then force choke everybody and get extra damage. And, and I think that's really just the problem is that either the the meta just dies because you, you're not bringing in that influx of people. There's nothing shiny for them to be like, oh, this is brand new. And and I think for a lot of metas too, the multiplayer set didn't really bring all that much. I mean, single player it only added five sets. And multiplayer, unless you already had people who are playing this with you, mm -hmm. it's not causing someone else to go out and get it to play with you. Right. I think that's the problem. Agreed. Uh, no, I mean, I, I would definitely agree. Did Dennis, uh, uh, you were going to say something, so go ahead. No, I just said right. I just said right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, I know, I know. People have asked us not to complain about it on the show, but you know, it's becoming a real problem. I mean, if if Dennis is noticing that at his local store, which is Team Covenant, that's a big problem. I mean, uh, you know, not to like put. Team Covenant on a pedestal, but I'm I'm going to because they really kind of are recognized as as that top tier kind of really best area to really kind of play against like the the, the good players because obviously we have you know the World Championship you know that won 
the world championship type of thing <laughs> there. And it's just they're they're constantly they know a lot about the game. They're very, very intelligent. I mean, Zach Byrne is just he knows a lot about the, it's ridiculous how much he knows. Um, yeah. I mean, you and him constantly talk about things on stream. All the other players are very, very knowledgeable. Like, because, you know, on, on, on some streams and on, on some games, you're like, wow, okay, that player obviously doesn't know what he's doing. He's, you know, must be new. But out of all the games I watched on Saturday, which was yesterday, there was only one player that I was like, okay, obviously this person is very, very new. And, and they was. It was like their 11th game or something. And, right. you know, obviously you can tell, but the rest of the players just knew what they were doing. Um, and, you know, uh, kind of to point that, Joe actually said something because he, he never used any of his capture mechanics on right. um, Tatooine Crash. Let me tell you how much that bugs someone who has uh, slight OCD about cards. <laughs> I'm like, why are you missing the capture thing? It's not working. Please just use it once. Oh, it was just bugging me. And then he's like, oh, well, I wasn't doing it because it wouldn't have been it would have not benefited me at all the whole game. It would have been a detriment because if he kills it, he gets all the cards back. And I'm thinking, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, he had nothing else in his deck to to support that. It was the reason he was running the object set for was for other cards in the in that set. So he's like, well, you know, I'm not going to capture stuff because mm -hmm. then because we'd played before, we played on Friday night also, and he found that out the hard way. It's like, oh, thanks for those four cards, I appreciate that. <laughs> he's like, oh well, I don't want to do that anymore because I got nothing to, to, to build on those on captured cards. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree, definitely agree. Um, so we're we are actually uh, coming to a close here on the show. I think that it is time to announce the winner. Of the giveaway, Nick, who won? All right, so I just want to, before I announce the winner and, you know, drum roll uh, for that, uh, I want to thank everybody who posted and shared, and it was one of our most popular uh, posts on Facebook, which is a really great thing for us, and if you if you haven't uh, posted there or haven't liked the Facebook page or gone to the Twitter and followed us, I highly suggest it. Uh, we post a lot of things about the game, about FFG, about Team Covenant, about other stuff going on in the Star Wars universe, et cetera, et cetera, so it's, it's not just for this show and for Patrick and I and Matt or any of our guests to post their little things. We, we do discuss a lot of different stuff on the show, mm -hmm. uh, so I highly recommend it. So now, the moment you've all been waiting for, uh, the winner of the uh, I Have You Now sleeves uh, is going to be James Parsons. Yeah, uh, he on our Facebook congratulations! Page. Congrats, James. Uh, if you could just send uh, the Facebook page or Twitter a message with your uh, mailing address and everything like that, I'll have those sent out to you this week. So congratulations. Congrat con as the Super Smash Bros. Melee host would say, congratulations. <laughs> I love that game. I'm sorry. It just, it's just, yeah. No, anyway. the new, wait, I'm interrupting you. The, the new thing that I love that I can't get as a single sound is the new killer instinct where he's like, C -c -c combo breaker. Like, uh, you can only find the old version. Yeah, but the old version is so much better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dead silence. Like, dang, he's right. Curses. Well, Dennis, thank you very much uh, for being on the show this week. I really no do appreciate it. Um, I'm going to throw this over to you and uh, let you do some shout outs. So take it away. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I'll shout, I like to make a shout out to all the guys at Team Covenant for, you know, offering the services they do. We, we have a great time over there. I love all the guys. We, we get along great. Um, thanks for Matt Cole for being such a great player when we played in the finals. Um, you know, I can't, I can't say enough about him. He's a, he's a real great player. And uh, uh, thank you guys for having me on the show. Not a problem. Thank you so much for being on the show, as we have already stated previously. Um, Nick, what are your shout-outs for this week? 
I just want to say thank you to all the fans again. It was it was great to have your posts uh, through the Twitter page and also our Facebook page. Thank you uh, again to Dennis. It was a pleasure interviewing you. Uh, a lot of great questions from the fans and a lot of great questions uh, er, that were answered here tonight. So uh, it was great to listen to you talk and, and get your perspective on a lot of stuff. So uh, thank you to you guys. Yes. Thanks. Definitely. Uh, I also like to give a shout out to uh, Dennis and Team Covenant. They are pretty awesome dudes and dudettes, and uh, they, they have a lot of really good experienced players. As you can tell, they stream every Tuesday at – what time do they stream, Dennis? Is it Seven, uh, 6 o'clock Central Time. So that would be 6 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. They have really, really good games. Uh, they have it set up where um, the angle's perfect, and you can always see everything. You can hear the chatter between the players, which is really good. And the Twitch chat is usually pretty active, unless it's like some weird nerd holiday that everyone's just not there, which never happens because <laughs> nerds never go outside. So um, if you want to check it out, go to teamcovenant.com. Also make sure to check out, uh, check out teamcovenant.com forward slash store for all their cool stuff that they have there, board games, accessories, sleeves, uh, custom-made tokens, and uh, different types of uh, little – I don't know what they're called – the X-Wing things – uh, uh, the to the measuring templates, right? Measuring, uh, yeah, templates and whatnot. Uh, those are all really cool. You two can own yourself a set a set of eyeballs, which are awesome. And uh, <laughs> they just released the new templates, the the 2.0 for the Star Wars and the X Wing stuff. So uh, definitely, definitely going to go check them out. I'm going to be picking up a set myself in the next couple months or so. And um, also, shout out to my wife and little one for letting me do the, the uh, podcast every two weeks. Uh, very big thank you to you guys. Shout out to the Seahawks, who are crushing the Broncos right now. It is, it is really embarrassing, actually. And um, shout out to the viewers and listeners to this program. Uh, we have almost hit 1,000 consistent viewers uh, slash downloads, which is really exciting, really, really, really cool. Thank you so much for the support about that. And um, if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to answer on the show or just in person, hit, a, hit, a, hit us up on our Facebook page and Twitter pages as well. It, uh, Twitter is just at Table Flip Show, and the Facebook page is – I think it's Table Flip Podcast. Yeah, if you just put in Table Flip Podcast yeah, or show, yeah, it, yeah, it comes up. Yeah, You'll it's it's it. Table Flip Podcast. I couldn't remember. I was like, what did I put? I don't remember. But uh, thank you, everyone, and mostly thank you to Dennis for uh, spending time this evening, afternoon, or morning, whatever time of day it is. And, well, thank you for having me on the show. Welcome, Appreciate Dennis, it. Yes, and we will see you guys next time for Table Flip Episode 19 in two weeks. May the Force be with you. God bless. Take care, everybody.